This is Lex Talk Legends episode one, highlighting the recent retirement of Noguri, the Dom One top laner and 2020 world champion. We'll be highlighting his legacy and his history as a player with a brief overview of his career and where he stands as a legendary player in the League of Legends pantheon. Here we go. Noguri started his career in 2017 for iGaming Stars in the Korean Challenger League. Now, I don't really want to focus on this period because the next year is much more interesting. So basically, all you need to know about 2017 is Noguri plays his first competitive season in the Challenger League for iGaming Stars. They're pretty low-tier team, generally speaking. Noguri actually leads all top laners in kills per game in the spring season. Mind you, he only plays 13 games, so it's not a large sample size. And then in the summer season, he plays 30 games and is you know, a pretty average performer in the Challenger League itself. Now, in the next season, in 2018, now we have a very hyped-up LCK Challenger roster for the Dom1 lineup. Now, this one has a kind of rotating roster at this point in time and have multiple junglers. They have Crush and Punch in the jungle. Showmaker's the midliner at this point. They've got two different AD carries and two supports. So big rotating roster. Uh, the main thing here is Noguri really showcases himself as a very, very strong top lane prospect at this point in time. So he is the player of the game number one for all players. Uh, he's over Viper, so he's actually like the MVP of the Korean Challenger League, despite Griffin going 14-0. and zero. Now, they do fail to qualify for the LCK because they lose out in the playoffs in the first round. But just over the 2018 spring season, Noguri is number one among top laners in gold differential at 10 minutes, CS differential at 10 minutes, number one in damage per minute, and number one in damage percentage among tops. Now, for the damage stats, he's ahead by an absolute mile. Uh, his gold differential at 10 minutes is also massive. He's plus 416 gold diff at 10, which is a pretty good amount to be ahead for a team, let alone a single player. He is 9.8 CSD up at 10, which is incredibly high as well so he's got huge lane leads and he's by far the strongest carry top in the challenger league at this time now in the 2018 summer season now griffin is no longer in the challenger league so dom one doesn't have that crazy rival so it's their turn this time so dom one goes 13 and one in the regular season their first place easily uh Nogari ties with malrong and showmaker for the number one in player of the games so kind of like a joint MVP. I don't believe that they actually declare anybody MVPs for this, but it's still you get that joint like player of the game award, right? So similar to how the old MVP for the Korean League went. Now, in the summer season, again, number one in both laning stats. His gold differentials taking a little bit of dip. He's only plus 328 at 10 minutes, but he has an 11.8 CS gap at 10 his KDA is number one among all top laners, the seven KDA. And again, he leads all top laners in damage per minute and damage percentage. This one's a little bit tighter, but still, you know, number one in the damage stats, number one gold difference, number one all laning stats, and the highest KDA among tops. And this time, 
they don't have an issue. They qualify right up into the LCK. So now we've got Dom1 into the LCK for 2019 spring. They're pretty hyped up, and Nuggery at this point in time is considered to be the guy. Uh, Canyon is at this point in time like a solo queue god who's ramping up as a player, but for a large part of this time period, there's that jungle rotation that we'll also be seeing in 2019. Now, 2019 spring comes along and Nogari is in a rotation with Flame for the starting top laner. Um, for this roster, basically the only constant player is Showmaker because there is no mid lane rotation. Everybody else is kind of rotating in and out while the team kind of mixes up its veterans and rookies to have a better lineup. So there's a couple of issues where they'll have Flame and Canyon play together. That way you have the rookie jungler and the veteran top laner. And then they would have Punch and Nuggery play together where you'd have the rookie top laner, but the veteran jungler. So trying to mix up a, the leadership a little bit just to keep the team rolling. So they're messing around with the roster. Now, so 2019 spring, uh, they go fifth in the regular season. Nuggery in his games played, he plays 30 games. He goes 19 and 11 in the split. He is number two in gold differential at 10 minutes among tops, number two in CS differential among tops, and number one in damage per minute and damage percentage by a large margin. So again, very similar to what he did in the Challenger League, where he's not the most dominant laner because you've got excellent top laners in lane like Keen and Summit at this point in time, and Summit being another really strong rookie. However... Nogari is the guy when it comes to damage. He is the team fight legend in the league. He's the strongest team fighting, damage dealing top laner. And it's funny that he is in that rotation with Flame because I would say the closest player from a historical perspective in that playstyle really is Flame. Like Flame is the OG mage playing top laner who could just do crazy damage, farm up his lane, and just direct everybody in team fights. And that's exactly how Nogari's playing. So. They are the number five seed in the regular season. Then they go into the playoffs and they end up in fourth place. They beat out a sandbox with, you know, Summit in the first round where he actually kind of lost lane, you know, pretty handily to Summit most of the games, but he outperformed him in team fights and did a lot of damage. Now, in the next round, they played against King Zone and they got 0 3 Honestly, the lack of experience did kind of show in this matchup. Nobody on Dom1 performed particularly well. I don't think that Nogari performed well himself, but I also don't really think that anybody on Dom1 really did much. They just kind of got, you know, beat up, beat around by King Zone. So 0-3, but they made it in fourth place. They were fifth place in the regular season. So they're looking very strong. They're looking to be like, you know, an upper mid table kind of team. Now, in the summer split, this really, you see a big improvement. They've got the roster a little bit more secure. They've got, um, you know, Canyons really developing, Showmakers coming online and becoming like a superstar mid laner, and Nogari is even stronger at this point. So, Nogari ends up being among all top laners uh, in 2019 summer. So, he plays uh, 42 games, he goes 28 and 14, which I believe gives him the highest win rate among all the players on the team because of the rotation. He is number one in kills among top laners by a mile. I think he's got like a 30 kill or 40 kill gap among any, compared to anybody else. He's number three in gold differential at 10 minutes, number two at CS difference at 10 minutes, number one in damage and number one by damage percentage. Again, by a large margin, he's doing 500 and I believe it was 72 damage per minute 
and number two was Summit, who was dealing 439 damage per minute. So you can see like that's a really huge margin, right? He's like 20% ahead of the next best guy as far as the team fighting goes, while he's still a very strong in-lane player. Now, they go into playoffs as the number two seed, which means they're automatically seeded into the top three. Now, this is kind of unfortunate because Korea is a gauntlet at this point in time. Essentially, T1, so the T1 dream team with Khan and Clid and Faker and Teddy, and then at this time, Effort, but originally it was going to be Mata, who kind of subbed himself out partway through the season. So T1 basically just runs the gauntlets. They start in the first round and they just bash everybody's head in. They 3-0 or 3-1 everybody. So unfortunately, Damwon is one of the teams that just gets 3-0'd. They got clobbered by the very experienced players on T1 and their relative inexperience showed because again, the gauntlet system is very flawed as far as developing, you know, the resilience required for a best of five series. I'm definitely going to do episodes in the future about my complaints about the format, but for now, basically they end up against the team that becomes the eventual champion and they get clobbered. So they end up in third place. Now they do go into the world's qualifying gauntlet. Now, in the World's Qualifying Gauntlet, they end up against uh, Kingzone. So the Kingzone team that did beat them in the spring playoffs. Now, Kingzone is a lot worse in the summer than they were in the spring season. And Dom Juan does manage to eco out a pretty tight competitive 3-2 victory that was kind of unexpected to be that tight. I mean, I personally thought that Dom Juan was going to have no issues, but Kingzone had a really strong regional performance up until that point. Now, they do qualify for the World Championship. And we've got the 2019 World's Group Stage. So they've got IG in their group. So the reigning world champions and, of course, superstar top laner, the Shy. And then they've got Team Liquid, the uh, number one team in North America with top lane legend and veteran impact. So got some very strong top laners in the group. And this is kind of the tournament that Nugri gets criticized pretty heavily in, uh, mostly because I think that a lot of fans focus a little bit too much on just lane, and they don't really recognize what Nugri is actually doing. But basically, uh, Impact and the Shy do deal with Nugri and lane quite well. He does have a very hard time against them, but ultimately Dom Juan goes 5-1 and one in the group. I think that Nogari gets a little bit over-criticized for his performance in this tournament because he did, again, do the same thing that he does all the time, which is it's not about lane, it's about team fighting and damage, right? So you've got a guy who's playing all these weird scaling builds on mages. It really reminds me of how Dade used to play in 2014 when he would take Ghost and Flash just so he could be better in team fights, but it would hinder his laning. Nogri's got his weird little builds for Vladimir where he's collecting extra gold with the gold scaling items, but it does hinder the laning phase a little bit. Now, in the tournament among the top laners... Nogri ends up being third in damage percentage and then fourth in damage per minute and ends up with a 2.6 KDA, which is actually higher than Wounder and Impact for perspective. So it's not that Nogri actually had a super terrible tournament. The main thing is basically that he was very highly respected and hyped up going into the tournament. And a lot of people who don't watch LCK kind of viewed Nogri as a bad laner, 
most of it was that they kind of expected him to be closer to the shy in like a laning capacity. But Nogri's main thing is that he's a team fighter. So they didn't really recognize that strength. They were just surprised that he struggled in lane so much. Now, they do get out of the group stage in first place in their group over IG, who they did 2-0. And in the quarterfinals of Worlds, they end up against G2, the Korean killers, and they lose 3-1 to to G2. Again, um, there was a lot of it was a pretty hard camped lane for the most part in top lane. So you have, you know, like a great player wounder at probably the peak of his powers. I think this is the season that is the strongest of his career. So you've got a very, very strong legendary top laner from Europe. You've got legendary jungler and mid laner. And they put a lot of pressure into kind of shutting down Nogari. That was a big strategy for the team and it worked out pretty well. So again, Nogari gets very criticized for his world's performance in this season, but I, I personally don't really see it. I think that he was a very strong performer. A lot of it was just about how the teams played out. Now, I don't think that he was you know, the best top of the tournament or anything, but I definitely don't think that he deserved the criticism that he received. Anyways, they get knocked out in the round of eight at the 2019 Worlds. And... We're going into 2020. So in the 2020 spring season, Nogari is awarded the number one top laner award. He is the number one all pro top, and he's definitely the best performing player on Damwon in the 2020 spring season. He is number one in kills for all top laners. His laning stats are pretty average, but he's again, number one in damage and damage percentage among top laners. Again, you're going to see this as a very common trend because he's just the guy who does tons of team fight damage. That's his thing. All right. So leads kills, decent mid laning by far best damage again. Now they go into the playoffs and they end up losing to the newly revamped DRX roster. Again, despite losing in the playoffs, in the eight games that Nogari played, he had a 522 gold differential at 10, which is, you know, a very, very large margin. He actually was dominating lane quite hard. Uh, he had fantastic DPM and damage percentage among top laners again, where he just did tons of team fight damage and smashed his lane. But ultimately, Dom1 did end up going out to DRX after they had beaten KT in the first round. Uh, also, that KT matchup, so on. I don't know if I've ever seen a top laner get bashed in that badly, to be honest. That was one of the most dominant top lane performances I think I've ever seen in that series. Now, they lose in the playoffs. They're in fourth place. And they go into summer. Now, I think a lot of the hype is kind of cool at this point, right? So we did have this team. They were very hyped up. They have all this rookie talent. They made it to Worlds. You know, they did pretty good at Worlds, but maybe some disappointments. Showmaker and Canyon got really hyped up. 2020 spring, a lot of fans were kind of disappointed that they were the fourth place team, despite having all this talent. And I think some of the hype started dying down a little bit. Well... Surprise, surprise, Dom1 gets way, way, way better in the summer season. So they have this huge improvement and go 16-2. and two. They break the win record for the LCK, um, having the highest match or like game differentials. So they go plus 29 and they have basically the most dominant split that we've seen in the LCK at this time. Now, 
Nogari, for his part, is number one in kills among tops, number one KDA, number one in gold differential at 10, number one in CS differential at 10, number one in DPM, and then number two in damage percentage to uh, Rich. Rich, on the other hand, is playing for a pretty bad team, so it's not actually so much that he had a higher damage percentage because there was a lot of damage. It's mostly that Dom Juan players did a lot of damage, so it's harder to have a high percent. And then the players on Rich's team didn't do a lot of damage because they weren't very good, so his percentage looked kind of bigger. But, you know, number one kills, number one KDA, number one gold difference at 10, number one CS difference at 10, number one damage per minute, and number two damage percentage. Again, number one top laner. He's voted all pro first team. And he's just very clear cut, the best top laner in the league at this point. He's the best laner and the best team fighter, and he doesn't die, right, compared to the other tops. So here we go. We go into the finals because they are the number one seed, and they 3-0 DRX. Now, Nogari is the finals MVP, which I think was fairly reasonable to predict because his matchup was against Doran. Now, Nogari destroys Doran, and it's a quick 3-0. And they go into Worlds as a favorite to win the entire tournament alongside Top Esports and Jingdong Gaming. So we're at the 2020 World Championship. And Dom One has no issues in their groups. They go 5-1 and one in the group, win the group outright, go into the first round, and they play their old buddies in DRX. Now they destroy DRX again go into the semifinals against their old rivals G2 from the year before. And now the tables have turned. You've got a veteran roster of talented, great European players still. However, Dom Juan's not a bunch of rookies anymore. These guys have got some international experience. They're now champions and they're favorites. And they do exactly what favorites do, which is they crush the underdog, right? So they, BG2 3-1. Now G2 puts up a pretty reasonable fight. It's almost a surprise they were managed to actually take a game. I think that that was about as good as they could have hoped for. A lot of the interviews you'll see from the G2 players were that they felt that they performed better than they almost would have been expected to do. Right. So they 3-1 G2. They go to the finals and they 3-1 uh, Sooning in the finals. Now, I don't actually think that Nuggery was the best performing top laner at the tournament. I do think that that honor does go to Bin because Bin had a fantastic world finals and he had a fantastic tournament in general. But Nuggery was very strong. So among top laners, he had the highest KDA, he had the number two damage per minute, and he had the number three gold differential at 10 minutes among all the top laners who actually qualified into the round of eight. So very strong performance. So to this point, you've got the guy who's the number one king of damage in, you know, Korean challenger, the king of damage among tops in the LCK, a uh, world champion now who's attended two world championships. He's won an LCK title and he's been a two-time all pro first team top laner. And this is the point where they just instituted all pro. So he's actually the only person to have ever won the first team top lane all pro at this point in time because he's got both of them. So 2021 spring in the off season after winning a world championship with his value at the highest that it's ever been. Nuggery makes the decision to go to the LPL to the 2019 world champions FPX and he replaces their top laner Khan. Now FPX had kind of a down year in 2020 but they were still like a pretty strong team most of the year. They just didn't make it to Worlds. 
Now, Nuggery definitely got paid. <laughs> and I think that's a big part of why this decision was made. And he goes to these t- this team. So he's now on FPX in the LPL 2021 spring. The team is fifth place. You have to keep in mind that fifth place in most leagues is mid-table because they only have 10 teams. The LPL has a lot more teams. This is actually, you know, an upper tier team. So fifth place in the regular season among all top laners. Nogari was number two in gold differential at 10 minutes and number two in CS differential at 10 minutes, uh, right behind the shy in laning stats. And then he was number one in damage per minute and number one in damage percentage. So he was right behind the shy in lane and just ahead of him in his damage numbers. So the kind of myth of, oh, Nogari from 2019 Worlds, this guy can't lane. I think at this point it's pretty dispelled. He was a strong laner at 2020 Worlds. He was very strong in lane in the LCK in 2020 and in 2019. And here he is. He's in the LPL. And would you look at that? He's a great laner again. And the damage numbers, again, number one damage per minute, number one damage percentage. The trend continues. So... They end up in the finals. They lose to RNG in the finals. And of course, RNG in 2021, this is the team that beats Damwon in the 2021 MSI finals 3-2. This is a very strong team um, in the playoffs itself because they play through so many rounds. There's a lot of games to actually look at here. Uh, Nogari is number two at gold difference at 10, number three at CS differential at 10, and number two in damage per minute and number two in damage percentage. So again, he's basically hanging in there with the shy in the laning and the damage stats. Now, something worth noting is this is a double elimination playoff bracket. So FPX actually did 3-0 RNG in a prior round, and then RNG came up through the loser's bracket to beat them 3-1 in the finals. In the first series, the 3-0 by FPX, Nuggery had no issues with Xiaohu whatsoever and, you know, kind of bodied him a little bit. Now, in the finals, it went a little bit differently. Xiaohu had a fantastic finals. Um, I don't really think that this is Nogari's fault that they end up losing in the finals. I think that a huge part of it is basically just that Ming and Gala put on a clinic in the bottom lane and were performing at a super high class level, which is the same thing that RNG pulled off at the... MSI finals as well, where they were able to just outclass Ghost and Barrel in the bottom lane at MSI. So makes it to second place in his first split in the LPL. Now, 2021 summer rolls around, and this time the regular season goes much better. FPX is in first place in the regular season. And again, we have a double elimination round where FPX just goes through the winner's bracket cleanly. EDG does get knocked down into the loser's bracket, comes up into the finals. They never played each other till the finals, but EDG had to go through the loser's bracket. So they play in the finals. It's a solid finals for Nogari overall against Flandre. Um, this whole season, I wasn't able to get almost any stats because I just couldn't find them. Uh, most of the stat websites that I use didn't have really any records beyond KDA, so there's not a whole lot to go on. Um, I was able to find that in the regular season, Nogari was second in damage per minute and fourth in damage percentage among all top laners for the season. And the Shy, I believe, was number one in both those categories for perspective. Now, in the playoffs, Nogari had the highest KDA among tops and number two damage percentage to 369 and number two damage per minute to Xiaohu. 
It is worth noting that Xiaohu and 369 only played four games each, so their sample size was pretty small. It was only really one series, whereas Nogri played 10 games to uh, play through the playoffs. So he had a larger sample size. But basically, number one KDA and at the top for damage and damage percentage. Again, so they do end up losing in the finals, of course, to EDG. EDG eventually becomes world champions this year. Very respectable. I think that the performance against Flandre in the finals was very strong as well. I don't want to say that Nogari outplayed Flandre, and I don't really want to go the other way either and say that Flandre, you know, beat down on Nogari either. I think it was a very competitive top lane matchup. Again, I do think this was more a bot side issue where Viper and Mako have amazing players. You have the MVP of the league in Viper. So playing off against some nasty players in bottom lane. And that was pretty much the biggest thing that stopped them from being able to take on that finals. Now they go into worlds. FPX is hyped up by a lot of analysts at this point in time as kind of like the sleeper pick to win worlds in the sense that even though they did lose both finals, most people felt like they were probably the better team, right? Um, at this point in time, having double elimination brackets is relatively new to most leagues. The Korean league doesn't actually have it yet, um, even to this point in time. So in previous years, FPX just would have been the champion of both of those tournaments because they were the losers or they were the winner's bracket winner. So there is something to be said about that. And I think that's a large part of why many analysts and fans did expect FPX to dominate the 2021 world championship. Now this did not happen. FPX collapsed in the group stage. They were two wins, four losses. They had a tie with two other teams in the group with Dom one where Dom one six zero the group and they lost their tiebreaker and did not qualify for the round of eight. Now worth noting for 2021 worlds. I felt that Nagari was probably like the only player who actually played up to their level at all in the tournament on FPX. Uh, he was actually still the number one damage percentage among all top laners at the event with a 34.7% damage percentage for a record. The second highest damage percentage among top laners was 28.7%. And that was Flandre who ended up winning all of worlds. So Nogri was carrying a very large burden and they simply just weren't able to get in the groups. Now, at this point, I think his legacy is basically set. We're just going to add the 2020 part here. So this year, of course, 2022, uh, Nogri returns home for 2022 summer. He comes back to Damwon. Damwon had a you know pretty underwhelming uh, semifinals run in spring. Uh, and in the summer, it really wasn't much different, even though they did switch out for Birdall, who wasn't a great top laner with Nogari to replace him. So Nogari, pretty reasonably good top lane performance for him, but he's really not in his peak form. So it's a pretty good performance, though, overall. He ends up being number two in gold differential at 10 among top laners. He's fifth in CS differential at 10, number three in damage per minute, and number six in damage percentage. A large part of that is, you know, you have the carry jungler. Uh, you have a lot of team fighters on the team. So damage percentage was a little bit lower. The DPM was pretty high and his landing stats were, you know, a little like above average. They were pretty solid. Although he was primarily used as more of a weak side tank top laner this season relative to other 
uh, seasons in his career. He didn't play as many tanks in other seasons. It's really just 2022 summer where the tanks started coming out a lot. So they end up in fourth in the regular season. And then in the playoffs, they win their first round matchup against KT. And they end up against T1 in the semifinals. Now, T1 has, for my money, who was easily the number one LCK top laner in 2022, Zayas. Uh, Nogari only plays one game in this best of five, which I think was kind of crazy. But basically, Nogari goes one and zero in the best of five in the one game he plays. He absolutely annihilated Zayas in lane, had a huge lane lead on him. And I'm not really sure what the decision to play Birdall in every single game except that was. But for some reason, Dom One just played Birdall the whole time. I suppose I will never know because I'm not in the team, but Nugri played, did play fantastic in his one game that he actually was involved in. So the team does qualify to 2022 Worlds. They go through the gauntlet. They take out uh, Sandbox in the first round for like the winner's bracket of the regionals and auto-qualify for Worlds. Sandbox goes on to play against DRX in the loser's bracket qualifier and does not end up qualifying. Now... 2022 Worlds, among round of eight top laners, Nogari ends up going second in gold differential, first in CS differential at 10, and third in damage per minute. So he has a pretty good Worlds uh, overall. He ends up in second place in the group. Dom Juan qualifies uh, as a five wins, one loss, and then they lose the tiebreaker with Jingdong Gaming for the group. Uh, Jingdong Gaming had fantastic form in that group, and you know, 369, fantastic top laner. I don't really see any issues with losing it to Jingdong. I honestly thought that Jingdong was probably going to win the tournament. I was surprised that they didn't really go much further because they ended up losing to T1. But that was a really strong team. No disrespect there. Uh, they played pretty well against uh, Gen G as well in the other quarter, in the quarterfinals for them. So, Pretty solid performance overall at 2022 Worlds. Nothing to write home about. Nothing like the 2020 Worlds, but overall, strong performance for him and I think for the team in general. After having a pretty up and down year and having a player come out of retirement to even be here, I would say this is a pretty respectable finish. So, all said and done, this is a player who has won the World Championship, has made the Round of Eight at Worlds, another two times and has attended another world where they lost in the group stage. So he played four seasons in his career, qualified for worlds every single season and made it out of groups three of those years. And of course, won it in one of them. Very respectable international resume for his domestic results. Nogari is an LCK champion. He is a five-time LCK semifinalist. That's including the time that they actually won. So, you know, they win the title and then make the round of four, four additional times. He also made two LPL finals in the two splits that he was there. So he played seven splits overall because he did not play 2022 spring. All seven of those splits, he made the semifinals or better for you know, the domestic league that he played in and he played in the two best domestic leagues. And I mean, in the case of 2021 LPL, I mean, really kind of the peak of the powers of the LPL. So he's played in some very, very strong leagues. He's always made the semifinals or better in every single split he's played. He's been, 
a two-time first-team All-Pro top laner. He was a KDA leading top laner uh, one time. He was number one damage per minute top laner out of his seven splits. He was number one damage per minute leader five times. And he was number one damage percentage among all tops four times. So this guy really just one of the greatest top laners we've ever had um, in the LCK. His LPL performances, I do think, are kind of glossed over a lot, you know, made both finals for a team that the previous season had performed much worse. Um, his damage stats, his landing stats in the LPL were great. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get those 2021 summer stats, but the 2021 spring stats really going to go to show how strong he was performing in lane as well as his team fighting. So I would say Nogari, one of the greatest top laners of all time, certainly one of the greatest Korean top laners, possibly the best team fighting top we've ever had, um, especially when you factor in the longevity. You know, I would I would include people like Flame in that category as well, but I think that Flame's prime was a lot shorter. So four-year career for Nogari, not a super long career, but I'd say that for those four years, he was always one of the best top laners in the world. And even in his case, he's one of the few players where his, his kind of challenger peak does stick out to me as an accomplishment as well. In the same way that sometimes people do like to factor in things like the college career of NBA players, I would say that Nogari is one of the rare players that I do think that their you know challenger pedigree does kind of speak volumes about really how good they were, uh, how they looked compared to their peers, kind of in all periods of their development. So for me, Nogari is, you know, he's my favorite top laner. Personally, uh, him and Smeb. I don't think that he's passed Smeb's legacy. Probably hasn't passed Khan's legacy either because Khan just, he just won too many championships basically. But uh, peak of his powers, absolutely probably the best top laner in the world in 2020. And, you know, way up there 2019 and 2021. For my money, this is a Hall of Fame legendary player. I'm very sad to see him retire. I don't necessarily, you know, want him to come back if he's not motivated anymore. It is what it is. But, you know, it is sad to see such a fantastic player retire and we don't get to see any more of them. A couple of closing thoughts. Um, originally, this series was going to be, you know, it's the it's the Lex Talk LCK Legends here. Um, it's going to be expanded into Legends in general. So the greatest retired players of all time and just kind of like their Hall of Fame legacies. Uh, originally, this was going to be, you know, something that I was going to start off with different players. And of course, we're going to get to those players uh, soon in the upcoming episodes. But Nogari is, you know, one of my favorite players of all time. And with his recent retirement, I did just really want to make a, a legacy piece for him. For my money, I think he's probably the third greatest uh, LCK top laner of all time. And, you know, probably the fourth best Korean top laner of all time when you add in the Shy. Uh, so I've got him behind, you know, Smeb, the Shy, and probably Khan, and that's about it. I think that he's a great player. I loved his wacky play style, you know, the evil scientist, the mad scientist, uh, with his weird uh, item builds. I've always appreciated that he's, you know, a fantastic team fighter. I think the team fighting is a really important skill to have in League of Legends, and I've always appreciated him for that. 
Uh, in the future episodes, we are going to talk about players who have been retired for quite a bit longer. And this one, you know, is a recent retirement. There's a chance that he'll come out of retirement or maybe he'll be a coach or something. And we'll get to talk to talk about him a little bit more in the future. But, you know, having him be you know, a fan favorite and a favorite for me. I just wanted to make sure that I kind of touched on his legacy, you know, right away in the aftermath of this retirement. Thank you for listening. And I hope you look forward to the next Lex Talk Legends episode. Take care.